Special thanks to our founding partner, Patagonia Workwear, built for folks who bust ass on the daily to leave our home planet better than they found it. Wow, that was Farm Aid board member John Mellencamp rocking on the Farm Aid stage in Bristow, Virginia in 2016. Earlier that day, he was on that same stage talking with farmers and other artists at our press conference. And it always hits me sideways when I say, yeah, I'm going to go do Farm Aid. And they go, you guys still doing that? And I think, you still eating? This is a question that comes up from time to time. Well, it makes sense. I don't think anyone thought that we'd still be speaking out for farmers and holding our annual festival 38 years later. And as Willie Nelson says, we'll be here as long as farmers need us to be. And now we're launching a podcast to connect you to the issues that family farmers are facing. This is Against the Grain, a farm-made podcast that aims to bring the magic of our annual festival to you year-round. I'm Jessica Elise Kern. And I'm Michael Stewart Foley. We feel beyond lucky to have amazing farmers, activists, politicians, and of course, artists in our orbit. And each of them has a unique story to tell. So help us support farmers by listening and learning more about the hardworking people who bring us our food. On this first episode, we're exploring Farm Aid's origins and why artists originally and continually sign up for this gig. Yeah, it's definitely unusual. They travel to a different location each year and donate their time and talent all to support family farmers. In preparing for this year's festival, Michael and I started wondering, what is it about music that makes it a good vehicle for social change? Or is it even a good vehicle for social change? And of course, we also want to answer that question John Mellencamp brought up. Why are we still doing this? So stick around and find out. Hi, Jessica, Margot. It's nice to meet you. Thank y'all for having me. That's Margot Price, our newest Farm Aid board artist. She joined Willie Nelson, Neil Young, John Mellencamp, and Dave Matthews in 2021. We interviewed her right before our 2023 festival back in September. I'm curious, do you think of yourself as a political artist? I think of myself as an artist and I think also as a, a cultural worker, you know, Um, I think, I think the songwriting is, is so much a part of my soul that, you know, sometimes it's, it's a lot of emotions and, and so therefore it becomes political because really everything is political and whether we want it to be or not. I know I was thinking about that because I didn't know until I read your memoir that like a lot of the early writing that you did, that you and Jeremy did was politically engaged, like it was happening around the start of the Iraq and Afghan wars and things like that. And I'm just wondering about like where that kind of sensibility comes from. Is there something in your family background, in your upbringing, in some other influences that made you think about wanting to engage those kinds of issues as a songwriter and performer? 
or is it something kind of more immediate in response to the circumstances of the moment? Well, I, I think ever since I was young, I was, my wheels were always turning and wondering why things were the way things were. I I don't know. I always just kind of had a rebellious streak in me, but I would say that kind of being turned on to Joan Baez, Bob Dylan, and watching, you know, even how like Woody Guthrie and people, how a song had this like unique ability to get to the core of somebody and where a conversation, you know, it, that, that can't always be done. And I think through books, literature, film, music, um, because it's such a, a unique way to convey the emotions that we all have and to convey the human experience and what's going on around us. I think that, um, that I was very drawn to that. And, you know, I, Joan Baez caught a lot of slack for, (laughs) uh, what she did and, you know, marching with Martin Luther King and, and being a part of that. But it, but looking back on it, it was like everybody else should have been doing that as well. As I've, forged my career the way that I have. And as I've used my platform, the way that I've had, um, obviously it's, it's come with some repercussions and, uh, I, I'm sure that to some people I'm a really controversial character, but I'm always just trying to lead with my heart and, um, and just make people come together. Margot isn't the only artist who uses her platform to inspire change. In fact, the idea for Farm Aid came about at Live Aid in 1985. To jog your memory, Live Aid was a huge worldwide two-venue benefit concert. It was held on July 13, 1985 in London and Philadelphia to raise money for Ethiopian famine relief. On the various stages were artists like Queen, Joan Baez, Run DMC, Patti LaBelle, David Bowie, and Bob Dylan. Dylan became the magical catalyst for Farm Aid. He got up on stage and made a seemingly off-the-cuff remark to help American farmers who were in the midst of a devastating farm crisis. You know what, I'm here. I hope, I just like to say, I hope that some of the money that's raised for all the people in Africa, maybe they could just take a little bit of it, maybe one or two million, maybe, and use it, say, to pay the, uh, pay the mortgages on some of the farms and... Um, that the farmers here owe to the banks. What Dylan's referring to is the farm crisis of the 1980s. This was a time when commodity prices in the United States had fallen sharply, and farmers were deep in debt. We'll get into this in greater detail in future episodes, but for now, let's just say Bob Dylan knew what he was talking about. Record numbers of farms were being foreclosed upon all over the United States. That was a devastating time for farmers, and really all rural people. The fabric of their communities was unraveling. One of FarmAid's longtime friends is David Center. He is both a farmer and a founder of the American agriculture movement. We asked him to paint us a picture of what those times were like in the 80s. Before 1985, the landscape was a continuing deterioration of the rural economy, uh, of uh, family producers across the country. And so it was a, uh, a downward spiral uh, beginning in the early 1980s, and uh, it began to uh, peak in 85. What was your experience as a farmer? You grew up on the farm, and then you 
decided to keep it going. I grew up on a fourth-generation farm, and uh, when I uh, graduated from high school, I rented a thousand-acre farm that came available that joined my dad's. And so I thought that's all I'd ever do. Eventually, urban sprawl pushed us off the family farm, but I decided when that happened that I was going to do everything I could to support family farmers so that we could continue uh, to have them producing our food and fiber across this country. And so I uh, had a farm sale in 1980, and uh, so that that was the end of our farming history from four generations. I think a lot of people who are not in our orbit hear the term farm crisis and it's kind of nebulous. So I'm wondering if as someone who was on the ground and saw farmers and met with farmers was a farmer, can you just explain what the farm crisis was and what it looked like? The farm crisis, it was a terrible expanding tragedy for rural America. It was, uh, we lost 50% of the total family farmers during the crisis of the mid-80s. 50% of the family producers across the country. 365 farmers per day were going out of business during 85. And we brought a couple of thousand farmers to Washington in 1985, March of 85, for what we call the Parity March. And we uh, had a rally on the steps of the Jefferson, and we had 365 white crosses with somebody that had committed suicide or been foreclosed on his name on those crosses, and we drove them on the mall and made a, a graveyard in front of USDA. And uh, we got tremendous exposure to that. That summer, Willie Nelson also heard about Bob Dylan's statement from the Live Aid stage. But it wasn't the first time he'd thought about what was going on in farm country. Willie, during the meantime, was doing state fairs, traveling across the country. And he, uh, he was meeting with farmers, and he was seeing these foreclosure signs and all across rural America. And so he knew, knew there was a, a, a big problem because... The farmers that were losing their land also were losing their homes, which led to a collapse in rural communities of local businesses, schools. It was just a, a, a really bad deal. And then one day, in August of 1985, David got a surprise call from Willie Nelson. And he told me, he said, I was talking to Bob Dylan, and he said, Dylan told me, he said, how are we going to feed Africa, the world, and ourselves if we're putting all of our own family farmers out of business? So Willie said, uh, I'm thinking about having a concert for farmers. What do you think? That conversation, of course, led to the first Farm Aid concert being held in Champaign, Illinois, on September 22, 1985. Right. And at the time... Willie and Neil Young and John Mellencamp, the three original founding artists of Farm Aid, thought that this would be a one-off concert, like Live Aid, that would raise enough money to help farmers weather the farm crisis. And they did raise about $7 million at that first Farm Aid, but obviously it wasn't enough. In future episodes, we'll get into the 1980s farm crisis in more depth, and we'll discuss why it started and some of the ways that Farm Aid, 
led by Willie Nelson, and working alongside many farm groups, managed to get Congress to pass legislation that provided some relief in the early 1990s. For now, we want to let David Center tell the story of how Willie Nelson and Bob Dylan continued to collaborate on behalf of family farmers in the years following that first concert. They were using their voices and songwriting prowess to convey a powerful message to the American people. I was sitting at home one night. We had friends over. And the phone rang. And Willie said, I'm in the hotel room in New York City with Bob Dylan, and we're writing a farm song. And so he's helping with the music, and I'm writing the lyrics. Heartland is what they was working on. And so there was no speakerphone. They'd lay the receiver down on the coffee table or wherever, and then they'd be playing and singing. And I mean, it was interesting to say the least. But he picked it up, what do you think? And I said, it's great, <laughs> you know, I love it. And so he'd ask about, uh, read the next verse, you know, and so we went through it. And I said, it needs to be on your next album. And of course, he sang it at the next Farm Aid, and it was on <clears throat> an album that came out, Heartland. And uh, I think back and I thought, what an amazing experience to be on the phone with those two amazing artists uh, listening to development of a song. Here's Willie playing that song called Heartland at the sixth Farm Aid concert, this one in Ames, Iowa, in April 1993. There's a big gaping hole in my chest now where my heart was. And a hole in the sky where God used to be My American dream Fell apart at sea You tell me what it means You tell me what it means My American dream Fell apart at the sea You tell me what it means You tell me We're here again. They, they didn't get rid of us. We're back one more time to tell you about the problems of the small family farmer. He's still having them. We used to have 8 million small family farmers on the farm. Now we're down to less than 500,000, losing one every 15 minutes. That's our problem. Now here's our solution. We put those 7 million farmers back on the farm, starting tomorrow, stop all the foreclosures, Get all the farmers back on the farm. Automatically, you'll sell 7 million new tractors, 7 million new voters on the land, 7 million new pickups, 7 million new taxpayers. It makes sense to me. Does it make sense to you? Stick around. And just a quick word to say thanks to our founding sponsor, Patagonia Workwear, built for the ones who don't wait around, the ones who prove that it's possible to make a good living on a living planet. Welcome back. 
By the time Willie and Bob Dylan wrote Heartland, it had become clear that Farm Aid was moving towards becoming an annual festival. It needed a staff and an office to not only organize the concerts, but to field calls from farmers and to coordinate with other farm groups. Here's David Center again, telling the story of how he learned from Willie about Farm Aid's new office. Willie called me and said, Dave said, we're opening a Farm Aid office in Cambridge. And I said, Cambridge? Where the hell is Cambridge, Texas? And Willie said, no, no, no. said, like in Boston, like at Harvard, like in Massachusetts. And I said, well, what in the hell we want with an office in Massachusetts for? He said, wait till you meet Carolyn Mugar. You may not know Carolyn Mugar's name as well as you know Willie Nelson's, but Carolyn, who has been Farm Aid's executive director since the beginning, is a legend in organizing and activist circles. Carolyn was introduced to Willie by their mutual friend, the Texas writer Bill Whitliff. And since she came from the Boston area, that's where the office was established and where it still is today. We got to interview Carolyn and David together recently, and we asked how Carolyn got involved in the farm movement. By that time, in 1985, Carolyn had extensive activist experience. But what I didn't know until we spoke with her is that she had become increasingly focused on rural America and who owns the land. And I found this gradual deterioration in the towns, as you talked about, and people talking about it. And that was the activism. That was what the activism was around. I mean, there was really a buzz on the ground. And they were coming together. Different people in towns were finding ways to support each other. And, I mean, just found the most amazing, innovative solutions to helping each other. But that kind of grassroots activism wasn't the same as joining forces with a bunch of famous musicians to bring attention and raise money for the cause. Music is something that brings people together. And music brings people together that probably didn't care or know anything about what was going on. And, you know, I think it it opens you up. I mean, when you're at music and you're sharing it with with, with the people in your little neighborhood, so to speak, you end up just being much more open and open-hearted. And you open, as David says, you open up and then you hear what's happening. You can take it in. Also, what I love about what, the, what music did is that people, and Willie said, and everybody else, you know, I can't, I'm not a, an elected official. I'm just going to do what I do. And I'm just going to give what I can give. And it, those, all those musicians just said, we'll give what we can give. You know, and it's, I think it's what we're asking of everybody. It's what we're inviting. We don't ask. Farm Aid invites people in. And we just invite people to feel that they want to be a part of something and that they want to give whatever they can give. And it's not by any means always money. They'd ask Willie, how much do you want to raise? And he'd say, we want to raise awareness and as much as we can. We know from this year's Farm Aid Festival that that is a model that continues to work. That's right. We recently sent out a survey to Farm Aid 2023 ticket buyers, and the responses were encouraging. Here's a good one. One person wrote, This was all new to us. I now plan to visit more farmers' markets and purchase direct from the farms where possible. Oh, I like that. And then I found this gem. This person said, This was our first Farm Aid, and we found it so moving to interact with many like-minded souls who care so deeply for our planet and our future. I left feeling empowered and invigorated. I'll share one more. Being from the city, we're not aware of a lot of issues farmers face. I think the most important lesson I brought home was to speak the message to others 
and to connect the choices we make about our food and where it comes from to the climate. So I think it's pretty clear that music works as a way to educate the public and garner support for family farmers. Margot Price gave a really great metaphor for this. It's like the Mary Poppins effect, where it's like you're talking about some very difficult things and the music is the saccharine to like get it all down and make it feel like a celebration. But not all musicians are interested in getting political in a public way. Some people just want to make the money and they just want to uh, not say anything and just play neutral all the time. And, you know, that, that is what it is. But I think that many artists, many songwriters were just too much emotional empaths. And so it's like you see somebody struggling, you see something going on. And, you know, whether you write about it in your songs or whether you just do the work, um, you know, by supporting causes and charities and, and speaking up for things, I think that they're the same. I keep going back to Bob Dylan, but, and, and you know, we wouldn't even have Farm Aid if it wasn't for Bob Dylan, because that was kind of his brainchild. He gave so many songs to the movement that people are still singing today. I really like that, the way that Margot talks about being a cultural worker and working within an artistic tradition that is alive and well to this day. Yeah, and as if to drive that point home, look who showed up at Farm Aid 2023 in Indiana this year, none other than Bob Dylan himself playing with members of the Heartbreakers, now known as the Dirty Knobs, just as he did in 1985 and 1986. It was pretty astonishing. I said I ain't no no egg no more. out in your Facebook Well, that seems like a good place to leave it for our first episode of Against the Grain. We'll be revisiting this topic of artists and activism again in future episodes, but we have a lot more planned too. Coming up in the next few episodes, we'll talk to farmers and artists, advocates and organizers about corporate dominance of our food system, about racial discrimination and black land loss, about climate change, farmers' mental health, and about growing the good food movement. The mistreatment of farmers that this country allows and almost endorses on a political level is shameful, and we need to do all we can to turn that around, not only for the family farmers, but for all of us and for the health of the planet. So that, that was Farm Aid board artist Dave Matthews talking to us backstage at our most recent festival. You'll want to hear the rest of his interview. So be sure to subscribe and follow Against the Grain, the Farm Aid podcast, for more content like this wherever you listened to this episode. Against the Grain was written and produced by us, and our theme music was composed and performed by Micah Nelson. Thanks to David Center, Carolyn Mugar, and Margot Price for joining us on this first episode. To learn more about the content in this episode, watch archival videos of Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, and Bob Dylan, and to read the transcript of this episode, visit www.farmaid.org backslash podcast. Patagonia Workwear. We build durable, timeless gear for the ones who prove that food production, skilled trades, construction, and ecosystem restoration can and should cause the least amount of harm, and that it's possible to make a good living on a living planet.